Greetings in Yawashkanagaguego. I'm thankful you're well. You're listening to Gaino. If you're tuning in for the first time today, Gaino is a Seneca word for music or song. I'm your host, Brett Maybe, and each week we take a listen to some incredible music from a different indigenous artist from across Turtle Island. For the next hour, you're invited to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the music. Leanne Badasumise Simpson of the Michisa Gig Nishnabeg is an acclaimed scholar, author, and musician. Her books challenge long-standing literary conventions as she brilliantly draws from ancient Anishinaabe oral storytelling traditions in ways that reimagines what a novel is and can be. Among her latest books is Nopaming, a story that centers around a mythical being trapped in ice who relies on seven beings on the outside, each of whom makes up a different faculty of the creature's body. To further expand upon the ideas found in Nopaming, Leanne took seven of the poems from within its pages and crafted her latest album, Theory of Vice. We have a lot to talk about today, so at this time, turn it up and enjoy the opening track from Theory of Ice. The song's called Breakup. You're listening to Gyno. I stepped over watery edges. He pulls the canoe across the ice. She paddles to the edge to collect candles for her old ones to melt and then drink. You shoot ducks while it's still easy. Possession and reattachment, a 
The song kicking off today's edition of Gyno is Break Up from Liam Birasamuse's Simpsons Theory of Ice, released in March of 2021. I do have the great good fortune of being joined on the line with Leanne today. Uh, she's an author of at least 10 books that I'm aware of. Uh, her latest album, as I was just mentioning, came out in March. And she expounds on some of uh, the poems found in her book, Nopaming, which was released back in September. Good day to you, Leanne. How are you doing today? Anine, I'm, I'm good. It's so uh, nice to be here visiting with you today. As I was mentioning uh, to you before, for our official chat kicked off today. You know, I don't want to pretend like I'm a longtime fan or anything. Your art is new to me. I had your sister Ansley back on the show, I think in 2017. Uh, but I saw Ansley, in fact, on social media talking about Theory of Vice and the uh, review that it got with Pitchfork. It was named as one of the six albums you have to go check out. So I did. And I'm glad that I did because I feel like this is a portal. And I, as I was trying to convey to you before we actually kick things off again is that i don't necessarily have a a footing yet a, a bearing on where this conversation is going to go because i know for a fact we're not going to have enough time to delve into all the layers that you put throughout your various arts but i guess for sake of convenience if we could start with some introductions could you be so kind as to tell people a little bit about yourself my name is leanne bidakmusay-stinson i am michi sagik and isnabek which is uh, a part of the ojibwe nation um our territory is is roughly the north shore of lake ontario so we share the lake um with the haudenosaunee i live in Nagojawani or peterborough ontario i'm a status band member of Alderville First Nation, and I'm a, an academic and a writer and, and a musician, and uh, I'm very lucky, actually, to have my sister Ansley in my, my band, so her voice and her brilliance was, was part of Theory of Ice as well. 
I can hear a lot of that influence, uh, like from Breakwall, for instance. And I, I do want to dive into your collaborations here in just a few. I guess, um, you know, you listed yourself first as an academic, but while we're talking about the arts here today, is it fair to say that you uh, first became established as an author then? That's fair to say. I think that I've um, my practice of life has been one where I wanted to put Anishinaabe thought and Anishinaabe practices, Anishinaabe ethics and politics sort of at the center. I love being out on the land. I love being in the bush. And that's really the spine of my practice, whether it's um, intervening in, in the academy, whether it's thinking, whether it's making music, that being out on the land is something that's very artistically generative to me. And it's sort of the way that I approach Whatever I'm doing, and I don't think those kind of boundaries between writing or thinking and making music, um, those don't really make sense in indigenous cultures. We, you know, we're brilliant people. We have uh, amazing stories. Um, Songs break out all the time in our communities and our ceremonies. And so I wanted, I wanted Theory of Ice to be a portal and I wanted to sort of blur those those boundaries and look at um, things like relationality and connection and belonging um, sort of from a different angle. All of the reviews that I've read, whether it's of uh, your music or of your literature, you are challenging these conventional notions. Um, a lot of times our methods of storytelling don't fit, as you were mentioning, into these neat little categories or genres or linearity. Um, like I think we become accustomed to, and I want to actually, before our conversation is up, expound on that in relation to our own conversation and what I do for a living on the radio and things like that. But you are bringing these, you know, as we get back a little bit more to the beginning, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself either. Um, when we talk about some of these, uh, what you've been doing academically and, and the challenges that you're putting into uh, academia, um, what... What is the essence of the Anishinaabe storytelling tools that you are bringing into your art? I I really fell in love with oral practice and oral culture and Anishinaabe storytelling about 20 years ago. And I think I, of stories as sort of seeds. I think of, of them as gifts. And I think of it as a relationship between the teller and, and the folks that are listening and I think when you hear uh, an indigenous story, um, ethically, there's a responsibility for everyone who hears that to sort of carry that story and insert themselves in the story and find their own find their own meaning within that story. And I think that's why the stories of my ancestors were layered. That's why they sort of on the surface appear to be um, almost simplistic. But sure. once you're sort of steeped in in um, our culture and our practices, you realize that these stories are actually philosophically very deep and dense mm. and, and generative. And the more you carry a story, the more you hear it, the more repetition, um, the more it sort of cracks open meaning and the more meaning shifts as you move through your life. And so I love that part of performance and I love that part of, you know, I get to carry these these tracks around and hopefully at some point I'll get to perform them kind of over and over again in this yeah. durational sort of 
performance, connecting with different audiences. And I like how the meaning shifts. And I think that comes from a, a very intentional and, and deep um, understanding of stories that Indigenous, Indigenous cultures hold. As I was doing some of the research for today's uh, conversation, I saw a quote that said something to the effect of the practice of Indigenous storytelling is also a practice in listening as well. And I think that is uh, what we are here to do primarily today. I, I, I can't wait to dive into this conversation a little bit more while we have this time together. Um, and we have a lot of great tunes coming your way as well. Of course, we're going to continue to listen to tracks from Leanne Bidasamuse's Simpsons Theory of Ice. Um, I do have Head of the Lake coming up before this conversation is through. We're also going to hear an earlier track that she put out. Uh, but as we get into this block, uh, I have Leanne's recommendation, Beatrice Deer's 1997 from My All to You, also one from Black Belt Eagle Scout in this first block. Uh, but I was wondering if you could do listeners out there a little bit of a favor. The track that we're going to get back into right now is from Theory of Ice. It's your cover of Willie Dunn's I Pity the Country. This track grabbed me right away and it punched me around a little bit. And mm. I, I wasn't aware that this was a cover, but your rendition is is so unique anyway. Um, tell listeners out there, please, about what they're about to hear i really wanted to sort of honor that generation of indigenous musicians that have gone before me that um served our communities so well with with affirmation and and joy um but didn't get the kind of recognition um that indigenous musicians today um have because of the platforms and, and sort of an infrastructure so a few years ago, I was invited um, to the Native North American gathering in Ottawa, and a number of these old timers were performing, um, folks like Willie Mitchell, Willie Thrasher, Elenita Bobswin was there, Eric Landry, sort of the contemporaries of, mm -hmm. of Willie Dunn. And Willie had already passed, um, so I knew his family was also going to be there. And I wanted to um, uh, think of a way that I could include his work and his activism and his politics um, in in this show. And so going through sort of his catalog, I Pity really stood out to me as a song that hadn't, unfortunately, wasn't dated. It didn't feel dated. I felt like I could say the lyrics that he had written with my full heart mm. and mind. Um, and that really spoke to me because this, these lyrics were written in the, the 1970s. And so during the sound checks for that show, all those old timers sat in the front row and watched me and cheered me on. And then when we went to perform it um, minutes before the, um, the verdict in the Gerald Stanley trial, um, it was the white man that shot Colton Bushy was a Cree man in Saskatchewan um, came down and, and, um, Gerald Stanley was acquitted and Rosanna Deerchild was the host and she let the audience know and it was this moment um, where I think that collectively the folks, particularly the Indigenous folks in that room, just felt like we had been sucker punched mm. and as a performer I had to sort of walk into my band and I had to walk into that moment and um, somehow connect with, with the audience. And I thought, I thought really quickly, because it happened very quickly about what, what I would need, what I needed in that moment. Um, and 
we had already been planning on performing I Pity, but I feel like I took the energy of that performance and that connection with that audience in that moment. And then when we went to, to record it, I think that energy was sort of the driving the driving force to the sound of the song. It was such a, I mean, it was such a, I don't want to say it's a career highlight, but it was something that I, is one of the, the most meaningful performances for me um, of my life. And I, I really kind of learned the power of uh, our elder musicians in that moment. And I learned the power of, of art and song um, in these, horrible moment that we collectively experience um, to be able to to say those words and connect with the audience in that way was was profound for me. You're invited to turn it up and sing along with Leanne Bidassa Musay Simpson's I Pity the Country from Theory of Ice today on Gyno.
Beatrice Deers, 1997, from her My All To You. It's Leanne's recommendation today. If you're just now tuning in, it's Brett here checking in with you on today's episode of Gyno. I am joined on the line today with Leanne Badassimusay Simpson. We're discussing her album Theory of Ice, but in relation to all of the other art, she's an expertly uh, blurring some of the boundaries and challenging long-held Western notions of art. And I think it's fantastic that this album right here is kind of an expounding on poems and, and some of the themes found in your book, Nopaming, which was released back in, I think, September of 2020. Now, in this portion, I, I guess let's talk specifically about uh, the relation and the overall theme in these two works of art right here. I guess let's start with uh, Nopaming, which is where a lot of this comes from, yeah? Nopaming is a word in my language that means in the bush. And... I wanted to write something building on my two books of short stories, Islands of Decolonial Love and The Fashion of Being Lost, which also have sort of soundtracks and music projects attached to them. Mm. But I wanted to build something in a longer form. And of course, in Western literature, that's the novel. So I sort of set out to write a novel, but it, it just, none of it made sense to me. And I couldn't reconcile Anishinaabe storytelling with the structure of a novel. So um, I gave myself permission, I think, to just write, um, write what I, what was in my, my heart and write, um, write this particular story. And I wanted it to have a real feeling of presence um, in the sense that the present time is, is a collapsing in of the future and, and the past in and of itself. So I wanted to the characters to be having conversations with their ancestors, to be thinking about those who have yet to come. I wanted them to be um, having animate and joyful relationships with uh, the maple tree and, and a caribou character. I wanted to have a lot of humor and joy and love in the book. And I wanted to sort of push the, the trauma that I think is, is so, um, so much a part of, of colonialism and the violence of colonialism so much a part of our lives, but I, I wanted to push it to the margins so that I was sort of acknowledging it, but it wasn't the center of the book. I wanted to create sort of this space where um, I think indigeneity was normal and, and we could sort of feel the way that I feel actually when I'm in the sugar bush or when I'm, when I'm in ceremony or when I'm in community with, uh, with other Anishinaabe or other indigenous people. Um, I wanted and if, uh, I wanted people, indigenous people, to be feel affirmed uh, in the book. I wanted I was writing with that audience and and to that audience and for that audience. I think in this book, and it seemed I was also working on this album at the same at the same time. And so the projects in my mind were really always really really linked. Um, but I also wanted the record to be able to stand on its own and I wanted the book to be able to stand on its own too. So for folks that were just sort of coming to the work from literature, uh, from the book that they would be able to find meaning in that and, and the same with the record. How would you recommend people dive into your body of work? I mean, to get some kind of orientation, because there's a lot here that uh, is not... Uh, is not as easily digested as I think we're accustomed in twenty twenty one, you know? That's very true. I think theory of ice is a good is a good gateway. <laughs> um, 
piece of art. Um, there's also a series, I've done a series of short films, and there's going to be a series of videos coming uh, out yes. on Theory of Ice. I think this accident of being lost and islands of decolonial love are books of short stories, and some of the characters that first appear in those books um, then appear in, in Nopaming. So I think they're sort of a good precursor to Nopaming. Okay. Um, I think there's also some films. There's a, sh- a stop-motion animation film called Badabin um, that I worked with with a Métis filmmaker, Amanda Strong, that, that folks will be able to find on YouTube. Um, but a bit of poetry and, and music and then a 20-minute stop-motion animation about some indigenous youth that tap an urban sugar bush in the city. Uh-huh. And uh, so I think that's a pretty uh, accessible piece as well. Uh, well we're going to get right back into the listening I know uh, I, we're running out of time very quick and um, I still want to get into the last portion I guess tie it all up and how it relates to what I'm doing what you're doing how the scene that's emerging and uh, the future of these arts as well because um, just like you I'm trying to challenge some of the conventions of what we've been used to as a quote unquote radio show or things of that nature as well so I want to touch on that before we get off today um, we have a lot of great listening Twin Flames coming up in this block also one from the Breakwater Band but not before we get back into one from Leanne's Theory of Ice at this time you're invited to enjoy Head of the Lake today on Gyno. Without touching 
this life full of deception Which reflection is true?
Twin Flames Battlefields from the 2020 Omen. You're listening to Gino. It's Brett here. We're checking in with you just one last time, of course. Uh, you need to go back and check out the archived version of today's episode because uh, it's such an honor to have Leanne Badassumase Simpson on the line today. We're talking about her theory of ice. We talked a little bit about her book, Nopaming, and um, we've touched even a little bit on uh, her immense body of work in the modern indigenous movement right now that's happening. And I guess that's how I want to wrap things up today. Typically, Leanne, you know, I, it's always about future plans and what do you got going on next? Um, but, you know, and, and while this is an artist spotlight show, um, I also, like I was mentioning, want to do exactly what you're doing in uh, challenging what we typically think of and our linear uh, I guess, style of doing things and whatnot, too. Now, there was a moment when I was talking with Quantum Tangle a couple years ago, and as we were getting ready to wrap up, I said, uh, you know, I hope we can meet in the air again sometime soon. And that's always stuck with me, and I haven't quite found the way in which I want to expound on that. But also, throughout my life in the last couple years, as you were mentioning earlier in our chat, the more immersed you become, the more you see the living nature of these traditions all around you. The world becomes transformed and that's where the power lies. And, you know, I started to think about all of the loss our communities experience and how a lot of the times the stories of our ancestors deal uh, this is their way of dealing with loss and also in helping to remember those who are gone beyond uh, the the individual. Individuals, uh, I think we can all agree, will maybe be remembered for a couple generations. And then after that, you know, it's it's like what uh, they talk about south uh, in Mexico and, and some of the dead traditions down there. We need to remember them in order to, I guess, still survive. I, what I'm getting at right now, though, Leanne, is, uh, you know, taking some of those those storytelling um, tools that you wrap and weave into your work and what we're doing here right now. We're meeting in the air, so to speak. You know, how can we expound upon this so that way when we visit, we continue to create a different kind of tapestry. That's what I hope continues to emerge as more people realize the academic potential in our teachings and and we approach our ways from that kind of scholarly i guess thinking you know what i mean or that in-depth thinking how can we build on this what how could we describe our experience right now i think that um one of the things that i was thinking about when you were talking is about how focused um colonial culture or contemporary culture is right now on individuals and how our, uh, so much of, of indigenous thinking and indigenous ethics and indigenous music was never about the individual or who, who sang the best or who had the best yeah. story. It was about this sort of collective, building a collective understanding that had diverse understandings within it. It was about uplifting the community. It was about um, grieving sometimes. It was about celebrating sometimes. Mm. So I feel like that shift away from individual careers and individual um, individual everything and to focusing back on the communal and, and those relationships um, and having that deeper understanding of relationality that I think our ancestors and our elders have 
um, and are embodying right now is so, so very important. I think that when you focus, um, switch that, that sort of focus, you start to, to, to make art and to do thinking um, that's not sort of in, in, uh, about yourself, but it's about this bigger, wider community. It's about those generations that are yet to come. It's about those emerging artists. So how do you create bodies of work and networks of care where you're also kind of always feeding into the system, always giving back, uh, always uplifting and um, supporting that next generation and pushing the boundaries even farther. And I really love Native Radio because I love how the sound of our communities get um, get broadcast yeah. into everybody's home and into everybody's body. And I love, I work in the North quite a bit in Dene territory. And I, I love um, the way that uh, radio connects all those trappers and hunters and people out on the land with people that are, that are in, in town or on the reserve. And so I think sound and, and music and conversation and deep, deep listening um, sort of are the tools that get us out of this more individualistic approach to art and, and putting it back into to the community where it's, its job is to sort of uplift and um, deepen meaning and uh, help uh, folks process emotions, help us shift perspective and uh, help us to have the strength to carry on in terms of, of the struggles that we face in our individual lives, but also but also as movements and, and communities. So if we were to take the individual ego, so to speak, out of today's conversation, I, and we were to make a story about our experience today, I guess we could be like the birds, right? We could be specific kinds of birds meeting in the air and telling a story and going back and, you know, uh, continuing that conversation on, on how our minds met and things like that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way of looking at it. Well, I'm going to get on that, and I hope that we can continue this conversation soon, because like I said, I feel like as you were discussing the multi-layered facets of your arts, you know, we could have had this same conversation in, in a multitude of layers. We could have just treated the music on a topical level. Who was in the album? How did it come about? And things mm-hmm. like that. But this is my hope, is that as more people understand exactly you know the the profound nature of our collective traditions we can have more conversations like this and now we can start to see the potential of all that's there that we can yet tap into you i hope so i feel like that's a beautiful thought and i'm i'm so honored to uh get to have this conversation with you today and um i appreciate the, the work that you're doing Thank you so much. And one last question. Where can people find you at? LeanneSimpsonMusic.com, LeanneSimpson.ca are my two websites. You can find me on Bandcamp and the, the record is streaming on all of the platforms. I can't thank you enough for today's conversation. I hope we can stay in touch and continue to develop on on what we talked on today. And good luck in all your endeavors. And let's catch up soon. Go on, man. Miigwech.
We are always almost drowning. We are the best trained troops that refuse to fight. We are hyped up on aesthetics and tripped up by real life. We don't have time to feel these feelings, so we file that for another day. We don't have to plan for the win. We always lose. Anyway, caribou ghosts and untold stories, bad timing, smashed hearts, train tracks, six-pack, riffraff, deadening regret, a collection of old parts. We get these little gifts of tremendous, unclouded, bypassed dues. We get these tiny moments. There's never enough glue. We'll tie ourselves together with bungee cords. Luck. Bring the fish, the fire, and the new knife. Catharsis is still elusive. We'll save that for another day. Meet me at the underpass. Rebellion is on our way. For this and past episodes of Gyno, log on to gynomusic.fm or nb1.org. Also, to discover more music from incredible indigenous artists, be sure to check out the Native Artist Directory at nativeartistdirectory.com.
Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.